All right. Well, hello and welcome to Life Lessons from a Total Failure, the podcast. Very excited to have you here with us today and to join our guest that we have today, who is Bonnie Peace. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, MJ. How's it going? It's going well. Uh, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. So I met Bonnie recently, and she's one of those people that you meet, and you know you instantly think that you're best friends, and I'm sure you probably have this a lot. People think that you're their best friend because you just have that way about you. Is that kind of how it works for you? That's. I think that's the first time I've heard that. So Really? That, that's nice, but I hope people feel that way. And I felt the same about you. Oh, so. good. Well, like, thanks. Long lost friend, you know. Totally, totally. Yeah. So we definitely got along pretty well from the start. And when I was looking for guests for the podcast, I thought, oh, Bonnie's so perfect because she's such a, a great soul and great spirit. And she's definitely had some, you know, interesting things in her life and she's worked hard and done a lot of things. So, Bonnie, why don't, why don't you just start by telling us who you are, where you're from, give us a little background. Sure. So um, I'm Bonnie Peace from Australia originally, from Melbourne. Okay. Um, I mean, I grew up in a Steiner school, which is like a Waldorf school over oh, okay. here. So kind of hippy-dippy. Right. Uh, you know, I literally went to a nudist commune in Hawaii for a period of time. How old were you? I was eight. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, wow. That's fascinating. So I'm like a real deal hippie. I'm actually wearing tie-dye right yes, now. Yes, she is wearing tie-dye. <laughs> shoes are off. Yeah, and she's yeah. <laughs> almost Indian style on the chair. Sparkly so. fingernails. Yes, totally. <laughs> um, and then what else? So I was always kind of creative in Steiner schools. They're very supportive of, you know, singing, um, arts and crafts and stuff. And then I started acting when I was 15 in Australia. I just, and did you just like in school or no, how did you actually, get into it? I mean, I did some theater in school, but I, I wanted to be in TV and film. So I pretty much made up my mind. Actually, I, I must have been like 14. And I said to my mom, I want to be an actor. And I found an agent actually through a friend of mine who did like modeling and acting. And so I, I kind of sent my picture to them and I was like, can I come in? So you did it. I did it. So I you did didn't have a momager, you were no. a boniager. You were yeah. doing it yourself. Yeah. That's and she, awesome. And she was supportive and my stepdad too, you know, constantly Great. driving me to auditions. So, okay, so you were 15, you decide you're gonna do this, you send in, you know, headshots, whatever, and did anything happen? Yeah, so, so they said, come on in. I went for a meeting. They were lovely, and they took me on, and um, and then they said, like, a couple of weeks later, no, sorry, I did a couple of modeling things, so I, like, I was in Target catalogs. No way. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, in, um, did they have, like, our Target? Target in yeah, Australia? Yeah, just like that. Oh, fun. Okay. But with, um, I think it was, like, pajamas or sweats or something. Nice. So I was, like, sitting on a swing, you know. Very cute, fun. Cute little girl. And then my first audition I went in for, I actually got, which was for a TV show for six months. That's amazing. So that was a success. I've definitely had failures as well, speaking of life lessons from a... <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll get, well, we'll get to that <laughs> um, All right. So you're 15, you get started, you're rolling, and then you book your first TV show? Yeah. And what was that? It was called High Flyers. Uh, so I was a trapeze artist, basically, in that. Oh, wow. As a circus show. Really? For six months. It was so fun. Was it like an episodic show or... It was like yeah. a one and done. Yeah. Oh, multiple episodes. Episodic, yeah. We did um, 52 episodes in, in six wow. months. Wow. Was that like one season? or are they... One season, yeah. But they had they kind of had two units. Okay. So the, it was like our storylines and the other people's storylines. Oh, okay, so we, gotcha. did, we did 26 with me, but they overlapped a little bit. Pretty cool. Yeah. So that show came on, and how did that kind of affect you or change your life? Or I mean, I guess it showed me that I liked acting. Okay. I, I had such a ball. Like the the crew was such a little family, and I, I never wanted to stop doing it. So everyone yes. cried and cried when it ended. Oh, I bet. I really wanted to do that. I mean, in terms of fame, 
I think a couple of people like noticed me at a train station or something, right. but it wasn't like a huge deal. Right. So it was just getting your toes wet and, and seeing uh, what the world would be like. Yeah. Okay. So that happens. You're now, you know, your late teens. Are you mm -hmm. still going out for jobs? Are you acting? Are you doing modeling? And I know you're really into music. So what, how did it, things start to, you know, take shape for late teens, Bonnie? So I was doing music as well, songwriting, and um, still going out for auditions. I mean, I got Star Wars. I got the role in that when I was 16. You were 16? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. obviously we want to talk about that. So we're going we're gonna to table that for a second. Okay. So I want to get to so some other to things before we go back. So yeah, so you were 16 when you got Star Wars. Let's shelve that for a minute. You, after Star Wars, what are you doing? So <laughs> funnily enough... I mean, there was a TV show that it looked like I could have done the lead role on, um, and I decided not to. And that's that show actually ran for I think nine or ten seasons. Oh wow! I don't want to say what it was. You know, but I was like, oh, but I, I, ah, I, we're going to be Googling trying to figure know, it out. I know, but I turned it down. <laughs> oh no! When I was seventeen, I was like, I just want to be in school with my friends. Well, good for you. So yeah. I, I did that for a couple of years, and then I decided to go into music after that. Well, you know, it's interesting because you always hear these stories from um, child actors, especially the ones that don't. Um, turn out so well as they grow and one of the biggest things they say they regret is not just having a childhood and having a life that. so mm -hmm. you know it's probably was a smart decision for you to become the person that you're you are that you're going to be that you want to I be. think so and I've always been interested in growth and like exploration and going off on adventures and I I did that so I don't have any regrets about that I kind of I kind of wish that I would have applied myself more to my, towards my career at times okay um but now I think I have a different level of wisdom and it's like I'm more excited than ever to go out and do it. So nice. So, to kids right now in school who are wishing they could, you know, drop their studies and head for Hollywood to do what they want to do, or or even if it's not that, they just they want to, you know, finish up their academic careers and start with life. Um, you would suggest to to keep going and 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 enjoy that experience of your life. It's it's an important thing. I think so. I mean, it probably balance. I think you can go too far in each direction. Like right. if you apply yourself to, you know, a law career, but really you just want to be a painter or something, I would recommend to be a painter, at least right. on the side or something. Um, yeah, that's something, yeah I that, think... that's something I always talk about. Um, you know, I had read the memoir of Ricky Martin. It's called Me. And I write about my book. And he says, if you're not doing that thing that is makes you you, yeah. then you're not being you. So even if you are a lawyer, but you're the painter that the painter inside you needs to come out, make sure you're painting somehow because yeah. otherwise you're not being you. Exactly. So what happened to get you um, into the United States? I'm interested to hear how you got over here. So <clears throat> Star Wars Episode Two was opening and I was 18 and they invited me to the premiere. I was like, yeah, I'm going. <laughs> so... <laughs> I flew Ooh, in California. I, I flew in, but I, I really didn't want to do acting at that point. Funnily enough, I was like, I, I want to do music more. So I just explored finding people for my music career, which I did. I ended up recording an album, which didn't get released. That's a whole other story. But um, I just pursued music then. And then I, I mean, I always wanted to move to LA. I was pretty clear from when I was 14. And the original dream was I was going to write a movie and act in it. Right. and kind of get it produced and everything, which I'm now starting to come back to. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's amazing how the things that we wanted to do or thought we would do earlier on in our life, later on in life, we come right back to that original plan. Yeah, and what's really funny is I never had anything to write about, like really. 
I didn't. I'd start to write stuff and it was so boring because I guess I hadn't lived. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so, like, whiny teenager stuff. Right. <laughs> and now I have so much to write. It's like the scripts are just falling out. So Which is I great. Guess, yeah. And it's a very L.A. thing. You know, you have these actors here that are, you know, very young and they come here and they're ready to roll and they want to act and they want to be the next, you know, Meryl Streep and they want to write these, you know, amazing, you know, screenplays. And sometimes when I have conversations with them, I'll say, you know, well, what what else have you done in your life? You know, have you traveled? Have you gone to go to college? Like, what have you done? And if you haven't done any of those things, it can really kind of hinder who you are as an artist, especially as an actor, yeah. because you don't have a lot to draw off of. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's interesting how you came, you know, you realize that, you know, now, I mean, it, sometimes people think, you know, oh, I wish I had done this then, or I wish I had done that. But, you know, for you, it seems like a, a clear a clear case of, well, I'm glad I didn't do that now because the stuff I'm going to do is much better than I would have put out there. Yeah, yeah. I've I've lived, I even, like, I went off to India and meditated in silence for a month and, you know, I traveled a lot on my own. You are a hippie. All right. (laughs) When you say hippie, you own it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) By the way, folks, just want to let you know, I was getting snacks today and I was like, okay, Bonnie's coming over. It has to be organic this, orange (laughs) that. It was, you know, there was no, like, run into get you know pre-made stuff for bonnie <laughs> i mean listen i do that too sometimes but um all right so obviously a lot of people that are going to be listening to this want to hear about star wars mm-hmm. um you know doesn't matter who you are in the star world star wars universe being a part of that franchise is incredible mm-hmm. i mean it is incredible mm-hmm. um and it's something that i hope um you know you appreciated. Did you get to appreciate? Did you understand when you were doing it what that meant that you were in Star Wars? I don't think so. And I don't think I get it still. It's, really? It's a, some weird, like, I feel a block in my brain. I mean, I, I can sort of see, okay, I was in Star Wars and I, my character raised Luke Skywalker. But it's like it doesn't quite sink in still. I, I don't know. Maybe it never will. Interesting. But. Well, for <laughs> the, the diehard fans of Star Wars, I mean, you are an actual named character that is an important part of the story. Um, so and you can see my face too. It's not just all makeup. So right. That's yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're you. Yeah. Um, so why don't you, if you don't mind, tell me how it all came about. How did you get involved in it? What was it like? Okay. Can we get a little like metaphysical for a second? Sure. So please do, by the way. I, good. I mean, I really believe in dreaming but in the sense of like praying and really I guess anyone could call it just like intention setting you know putting your mind on the goal so when I was 16 I I had this dream for like two weeks I'd lie in bed at night and I'd be saying I'm gonna get a small role in a massive movie a small role in a massive movie I set my mind on that and I just I kind of created these pictures in my mind and then I heard that they were shooting Star Wars in Australia and I had this thought haha that would be fun that's it bingo and, and then they came and found me so it's not one what? of those things yeah it's incredible so I really believe like there's there's amazing things that can happen when you set your mind to something and oh. I believed it was going to happen yes belief is a big thing and I don't believe in just like sitting there and wishing for stuff to happen and not doing anything like right. I think that's really dumb right I mean or disappointing because it's not yes. going to happen but I do believe that we're powerful in that way, and so. Well, you know, you you said it best when when the best example you could give of that is that you were fifteen, sending in your own headshots. 
Yeah, yeah. You did the work. All the steps I did. Then to have that, you know, that power of intention, mm-hmm. it allowed it to happen. So yeah. like, I, I also agree. I mean, I'm, I very much believe in, you know, putting good things out into the universe, laws of attraction. I believe that things work out the way they're supposed to, but I really hate when people just sit there and go, oh, well, you just have to just believe it's going to happen and it's going to happen and then they turn on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, no, and, no, no, And no, then no. they're paralyzed and <laughs> right. fearful and they never and they're do like, anything. I don't understand yeah. why nothing ever happens no. for me. And like, well, turn off the TV. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You kind of right. have to be moving. You got to have to work. Right. Yeah. All right. So they came and found you mm-hmm. and you had this uh, pat on the back moment. Like, yay me. I did this. <laughs> yeah. But here's another thing. So I did a terrible audition. Really? Like, I mean, I believe I did. We could ask the casting director, but I went in. I was super nervous. Oh, uh, I would I As, would be like peeing my pants. Yeah. I mean, I was like shaky. Right. And, you know, I was trying to do the accent of the older Baru, which is kind of a mixed accent. I was trying to get it. Uh, you know, I was flubbing my lines and everything. Speaking of which, we should establish. Who were you? Oh, I played Baru. So she's also known as like Baru White's son, Baru Lars, once she got married. And, you know, Aunt Baru. Raised Luke Skywalker. Aunt Baru, that's what yeah. we... So yeah, yeah. You, were, you were Aunt Baru <coughs> of Aunt Baru and Uncle Owen. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. All right, so you went in, shaking like a leaf. Bad audition. Right. Um, but apparently she loved me, and I got a call two weeks later. They love you. You're going to Tunisia, Northern Africa to Get, shoot, oh. shoot Star Wars with Natalie Portman. And oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you're like, yeah, this acting thing, what are you talking about? It's easy. I send in a picture. I got on a show. I got on Star Wars. Right, right. What are people talking about? Yeah, and listen, I've had tons of rejection, too. Right. But things flowed, in a way. All right, so you're 16. Mm-hmm. You get on a flight, and you go to Tunisia. Mm-hmm. And what is that like? I mean, it was like a big... Um, like a, a camp of people everyone's in the same hotel you know having dinner with George Lucas and then on set you know looking at them in the mirror at myself in costume and then Anthony Daniels C-3PO just wanted to hang out so I was like hanging out with him on all the old sets that's so <laughs> like, amazing I know it was crazy and just the beauty of the you know African landscape was you know, stunning you it, know it is beautiful but I have to ask like it had to also be kind of like hell shooting there. I mean, hot, dusty, like, was it, it must have been <coughs> tough, right? Like, tell me about the actual shooting experience. Like, and you were not wearing, like, t-shirts and shorts. Yeah, I mean, I did grow up in Australia, though, and I love the heat. Oh, okay. So, I don't have a problem sweating and being in really hot weather. So, for me, it was fine. I actually loved it. And it's kind of a dry heat anyway, so you're not sweating. So like a Vegas heat, not like a yeah. Florida heat. Yeah, but you have okay. to be careful to have a lot of water and right. electrolytes. But Anthony Daniels had a much harder time, you know, oh, with his I, costume. I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, the poor guy. The people in costume, it was very difficult. Awful. Yeah. Was uh, what's the, was there any of those Wookies in that in that one, or the people not dress up in scenes. all the fur? Not in my oh, scenes. Thank God, because they would have yeah. been passing out left and right. Yeah, yeah. It would have been like a nightmare. A nightmare for yeah. the Wookies. Um, <laughs> so you get to go. You're, you know, to Tunisia, you're, you're filming this. Um, now do you realize, oh my God, I am in a Star Wars movie? I mean, movie? sure. Like, even when I got the role, I did have moments of, like, pure excitement of, like, right. whoa, this is happening. So I did get it in that way. But in terms of understanding the scope of what that means in the world, I think I just, it's hard to wrap my head around. Yeah, I mean, there are people that are going to listen to this solely because you were Amber. Yeah. And... And that you mean something to these people and your character and what you brought to the character 
means something to them. And that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really cool. I think that someone who is a actor or a musician or a writer or whatever, that's the whole goal is that mm-hmm. you can do something that can make people excited, make, you know, people um, passionate or, you know, really, really give people something to hold on to. Yeah. And, you know, like it or not, at 16 years old, when you played that, you did. And, you know, that's that's a really cool thing. That's very cool. Yeah. And going back to what I was saying about, like, intention and putting putting it out there, what you want to achieve, it actually does really tie in with the whole Star Wars thing and why I think people love Star Wars is the Force. Right. And right. I believe in that in my own way. Well, I think there's something to be said about the idea that there's something that connects us all and guides us and you know you you get out of life what you put into it and Mm -hmm. that's the dark side and the you know the good side and all that um yeah I mean I definitely I see that so how long did you film for how long did how long did the whole you know process last I mean it was pretty quick like we had I think it was two days in Sydney okay and then a week and a half in Tunisia and then I got to kind of hang out with the crew in London and I traveled around the world with Joel Edgerton God, so cool. <laughs> hang out with Heath Ledger in New York. By the actually. way, guys, she is saying this with the like straightest face on like, oh yeah, I hung out here. Like, and, and I'm like beaming from here and you're like, this is so cool. <laughs> I thought it was cool at the yeah, time. Too. So cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's still cool. Even all these years later. Yeah. Um, so then, okay. So that wraps and you go back to your life in... Australia. Australia, yep. And so, are you acting then too? Or are you a little bit? And yeah, I did one TV show called Horace and Tina, but I was mostly focused on finishing school. Okay. And not even because I wanted, I didn't go to university and I didn't want to. Right. But I just, I had this thing about wanting to finish high school with my friends. What did your friends say about this? You're in Star Wars. I did become known as the Star Wars girl. Uh, I would hope school. so. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, mean, I hope that like, and if you, do you guys have superlatives in your high schools down there? Like mm-hmm. most. Like, best dress, best looking, most likely really. to succeed. No. Oh. I mean, especially it's a Steiner school. So, oh, right. You know. Well, let me tell you, if you went to a public school in the United States and you were in the Star Wars movie, you would have been a shoo-in for most likely to succeed. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, we would have all been really impressed. Um, okay, so you finished school. When Then episode three comes out, right? So I finished, um, I finished school. Episode two opened, and I made my music contacts in L.A. and started doing that. And then episode three came after that and actually didn't come out until, I think it was like 2005. 2005, okay. Yeah. And then you were just automatically a part of that because you had an established character. I, well, actually, I didn't know. And I, I was going back to LA and I thought, I knew they were filming. So I actually called Lucasfilm and said, like, let me know if you need me because um, I'm going to LA. Right. And they were like, I don't think we do. So I was like, okay, so I'm so not in So you just have it. like a phone number for Lucasfilm? I guess. I, I can't remember <laughs> can, who I called. Can, can we find that, please? <laughs> <laughs> it might have been my agent or something. Uh-huh. I can't remember. But, um, and then, so I, I literally landed in LA and two days later they called and said, can you come back to Sydney? We do need you. I was like, okay, sure. Did they pay for it? I don't think so. Oh my <laughs> I don't gosh, know. they didn't I, pay for your flight. I don't remember that clearly. Maybe they did. I don't okay, want to say I that. I hope so. Yeah. I think that but either way, I, I was happy to go back to Sydney. Right. Well, that's yeah. great. Okay. So then uh, episode three films where? That was in just Sydney? in Sydney. Okay. In Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, it was a quick, it's a quick scene that you have, right? Yeah. yeah. Just at the end. Yeah. Right? Um, Joel Edgerton wasn't even there. They put him in later okay. in Ireland. So it was just me and you and McGregor and 
It was actually just his, you and Ewan. Yeah, just, oh, me, it was and just Ewan. me and Ewan Gregor. Sorry. <laughs> amazing guy. Amazing. Amazing. He and, seems um, like he'd be a cool guy. Yeah. I mean, it was actually his final scene of Star oh, Wars. Really? That he'd done so far ever. Like the close yeah, of episode of three. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. Done. Yeah. So, the, I mean, everyone was like clapping and you oh, know, right. saying thank you, Ewan, for every, everything. And so, for people that aren't involved in the um, production world and acting world, when. Uh, a cast member when the actor is done filming all of their scenes at the very end they'll say okay well that's a wrap for yeah. that that person so yeah. this was the wrap for mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. and everybody claps and and, and I, they loved him you could tell right I can imagine him. people were more than clapping they were like yeah. flipping out yeah. yeah that's pretty cool because he's such a good guy that's so cool that you got to see that yeah I love when I get to great. see that when I'm on a set and someone raps I'm like oh this is so cool yeah yeah and it was my rap but it was my start too so right <laughs> it happened for me once and it's like it's almost embarrassing to say because I was like you know, my line got cut out or whatever, but they like, I was done and they said, okay, and that's a wrap on MJ and everybody clapped and I was, I was so excited <laughs> <laughs> and mortified because I was like a glorified extra. <laughs> but still you wrapped. Yeah, that's it was awesome. great. Yeah. Um, okay. So then you finish with that and you fly back to LA. Yep. And then I was doing a bunch of music stuff and I've kind of still been in that vein since then. Nice. All right, so a part of this podcast is we talk to people that have really fun, fascinating lives. We've done a lot of, you know, a lot of great things. But we also want to know, you know, what were the times in your life that, you know, weren't so great? Or how did you, how do you continue to be where you're at and keep your brain this way so you can achieve what you want to achieve? You know, were there, were there times in your life that you just kind of felt like you maybe had, had gotten away from yourself? And, and if so, you know, how did you get back and how, or how did you feel during those times? Yeah. I mean, I think my main struggle at times has been caring what people think too much. Mm. Oh, and yeah. I think that's probably the biggest thing that everybody deals right, with. Right. I think it's, it's pretty universal. Yeah, It's tough. And you know, and it seems so silly, but, yeah, it but really, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. People become paralyzed. Yeah. I've been there. Sometimes I still get that way. It's yep. tough. Yep. And so I definitely, I've had periods of, you know, trying to be an actor and going in for auditions and feeling like I've just blown it and like feeling desperate to get roles and stuff like that. I've definitely been through times like that. And then a lesson that I feel like I'm just learning now is that I know best for me and my life because Mm -hmm. I'm a sensitive person. I'm easily suggestible, impressionable. I'm sensitive and I you know, I care about other people's opinions and sometimes I really listen to that too much and I've got myself in trouble where people think they know me better than I do. And you start believing. Yeah. And I'll start going down some path that was not at all what I intended. And then I noticed that I don't even know who I am anymore. And it's like, okay, I need to get myself back here. And, you know, I think, you know, in the book I wrote, I, I talk a lot about that as I was living my life for other people. Yeah. And I still find myself sometimes going down that road and realizing, okay, I have to pull back a bit because I'm starting to lose the stuff about me that I'm just getting back. I think that's a really, it's a really powerful thing to, to, to realize is that, you know, we do sometimes let other people have too much say in our own lives. And this happens to everybody from actors to teachers to cops to you know grocery clerks mm-hmm. i mean everybody does it and and what i've learned in my experience is it's about it's less about me it's mo- more about the other people mm-hmm. you know i'm also a really emotional guy I'm, I'm really sensitive and 
and I'm a people pleaser. I want to try to please people, and other people learn sometimes use that against you almost yeah, to, yeah. to keep you down because <clears throat> sometimes by keeping you down, it makes them feel better that they're not doing the stuff that they want to be doing. Yeah. Or, and, or maybe they feel like they want to, they like to have that control or whatever. Right. And you give it to them and then you get lost. So, to people listening who kind of feel like maybe they're not living up to their potential or that they're in situations where they, they just feel like they're, they don't have control over their own lives, what's some good advice you can give to them for them to really take back control of their life to go forward? I mean, <clears throat> I'd say like connect to yourself. In whatever way you do that, get back to, like, why are you here? What's your purpose? What do you love? What do you want to express in the world? You know, as a as a hippie from Australia who was in a naked commune or whatever, <laughs> whatever he said when you were eight. I don't know if I've said that publicly oh. before. So there you well, go. It's out. Newsflash. News <laughs> um, can you, though, maybe describe what that means? Because a lot of people aren't going to understand what does that mean, like, yeah. you know, to get back to yourself or, you know, to... What, what do you mean by that? Like, I mean, I do believe that everyone has dreams and they have a sense of what they want their purpose to be. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like, Definitely. I mean, it, it starts off as like the superhero thing or like, I want to be a fireman or whatever it is that inspires you when you're little. In terms of a, a career, but also just like what you want your life's purpose to be. Right. What drives you? Yeah. And what kind of a person do you want to be? So in whatever way you can get back to that, I think it's different for everyone. So maybe... I'm just putting this out maybe for you it was spend more time in your own music or mm-hmm. or you know for me a lot of times when I really feel disconnected from myself I go to the beach yeah like, yeah I'll sit on the beach because it's the one place that makes me feel so calm and, and soothed mm-hmm. that I can start to sort through yeah the stuff in my brain totally it's like you can clear it out and just get right and that's again. that's the big the hard part is to take yourself out of your life for yeah. a minute so you can judge if you're in a good place or a bad place. Yeah. Right? Yeah, take a pause. Take just, a pause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's amazing how people just don't do that. They just mm-hmm. go and years go by before they ever get a pause and realize this isn't what I want. This mm-hmm. isn't who I am. And, you know, one of the things I really do in my life, and I say it all the time, and if, you know, you're listening to this podcast, I'll, I'll probably bring this up all the time. I always say... When something's going on in my life, when I have a decision I have to make, or if I'm trying to see if something's good for me, or if I'm happy, I'll always think, okay, in five years from now, in three years from now, in a year from now, will I be happy with this this decision that I made, Mm -hmm. or will I regret it? Yeah, that's a great thing to do. And I think for me, that has been a tool to really help me stay in the now. Yeah. Because before I decide something, I think, well, am I going to regret this in a year? Like, in one year from now, will I regret this? Yeah. And how and, does it fit into the scheme of right, my life? How does it fit? Is this helping me get towards my goals? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, then I know, all right, let's not waste so much time on it. Yeah. And for me, the hard part is I want to do a lot for people. I want to, you know, do everything I can to help everybody. But sometimes you have to pull back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, and a know where your boundaries work. are, you know. Right. Know where your boundaries. And, <clears> you know, in this industry also, it's hard sometimes to assert your boundaries. Definitely. Yeah. And you feel like you have to kind of go with the flow and not rock boats because... Yeah, you, you don't you, want to be rude or something. You don't want to be rude. Mm-hmm. And and other people have a lot of power over your passions mm-hmm. and getting them where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And also just to add to that, like I, I would 
I think it is important to listen to other people. Like we need to have other perspectives mm-hmm. and run things by people that we trust, trust and things like that. So trust it's not is like yeah. So it's not being closed to that, but it's just make sure that you're like the ultimate authority is always you, and you run everything through that. It's not just like bending over backwards to fulfill what someone else thinks. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I like that. So I have a question for you mm-hmm. that was sent in. All right. I have Jared from Idaho. Sweet. And he says, hi, Bonnie. I was just wondering if you like the thought or you don't like the thought of being Aunt Beru forever <laughs> to a large group of people. <laughs> hey, Jared. Um, I do like the thought a lot. I, I really do. And I'm, I'm proud of who that character is, even though it's a small character. I get to say that I raised Luke Skywalker, and I love what he went on to do. Right. I'm an advocate for the light side, the force, and a good use of that. And yeah, no, I feel proud. That's like, it's a huge achievement. Well, you know, in that vein, we know that the um, there's a lot of talk about the Obi-Wan standalone movie. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was a, a way to have Aunt Beru back in into that universe would you be up for it oh yeah absolutely and i've even posted on social media nice. at least twice with Good. an article saying yes i'm in if this all happens. right guys yeah. so if you're listening and you love bonnie as much as i do you need to post on your social media that you want more amperu yeah. in the star wars rally universe. for me rally i, I for really Beru. want to come back I yeah, really so do. let's let's uh, let, let's get that started so we can get um, Amperu a little bit more credit. Yeah, and I'm jealous of all the characters that have come back so far. I'm like, come on, you're ready bring now. Bring me in. You're yeah, ready. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I am going to be putting out so much p- positivity Thank and you. put that intention out there as we yes, said. Yes, exactly. So come on, Star Wars fans, let's get Bonnie. bring back Beru. Yeah, get Beru back into the world so we can get some more story from her. Totally. All right. Well, it was a pleasure having you here today. Thank I you really, so much, um, I really loved having you. And before you go, I have a couple questions that mm-hmm. uh, I ask to everybody who comes. Okay. So, question number one. City shopping, sitting on a beach, hiking a mountain, or building a snowman? Sitting on a beach. Me too. Always, right? Yeah. Just so nothing resets your body, mind, and soul like yeah. sitting on the beach. Yeah. Mountains are great too, but... Beach, yes. beach has the beach air. Yeah, I lived in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, and I loved it. But yeah. man, to me, the beach is the best. Yeah. All right. The biggest question. Okay. What's your favorite theme song? So, Golden Girls. And why? Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Yes, exactly. of course. It's it's so classic, but why? Why, why well, to you? What? Act- actually, it's, it's uh, significant for me because I worked with Andrew Gold on the album that wasn't released. Um, and he actually passed away. Yeah. Um, but he is he was a wonderful guy, very very talented, and he Amazing. shared the story about how he wrote that with me that I thought was so cool. I think, as far as I understand, they some people asked him, "Could you come up with a theme song for this thing?" It's like in the theme of Friends, something like that. And he was like, "Sure, how about this?" And he just came up with it instantly. Amazing. And then that was you know he was famous for that for years. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's iconic and. You know, in this country, the Golden Girls has never died. It's on a mm-hmm. station at every half hour, uh, every day. Yeah, um, exactly. And he lives on through that yes. song. Yes, and awesome. how great is that, right? Well, that's a great one. I love it as well. So 
we will leave you today with that theme song and maybe even throw in another theme song that might be a little appropriate for this. Um, And if you enjoyed the podcast today, make sure you follow me at MJ underscore Doherty and um, at Bonnie Peace. Yep. B-O-N-N-I-E-P-I-E-S-S-E. Yep. And make sure to follow along with the podcast, uh, Life Lessons from a Total Failure, the podcast. And hit subscribe, do all that fun stuff so we can keep doing this because... I really enjoy doing it. And once again, thanks so much, Bonnie. It was great having you. Thanks, MJ. All right, take care.